Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Co-Sleeping. I'm Amanda. And I'm Adriana. And today, we're really excited to be joined by Carly of Carl Her Mommy on Instagram. She has become a virtual mom friend to us and just a friend to us through our virtual community. Uh, so we're really excited to have her on today to talk all about making mom friends. So welcome, Carly. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Good morning. We are so excited to have you join us. So before we kick off talking about a much anticipated topic, just tell our listeners a little bit about you and what it is that you do. Okay. So I am a stay-at-home mom of two little boys, Liam, who is three and a half, Jude, who's one and a half. And about, I guess, wow, a little over six months ago now, I decided to start a podcast about motherhood and just honest motherhood, basically because I really wanted more community around motherhood, just more honest conversation about the highs and lows, you know, not too much of the negative stuff, but also not only putting out the face that you normally see on your highlight Instagram reel. So that's kind of how I got into it. And it's been great. Yeah, that's a little bit about me. Before I was a stay-at-home mom, I was an attorney. And my husband is just wrapping up his medical residency. And that seems to be like a big topic of conversation because it drives our lifestyle a lot. So there are so many motherhood accounts now on Instagram. And I feel like if you start following a couple, your feed will get infiltrated or your homepage will get infiltrated. So it's hard to kind of weed through and figure out what resonates with you. But Carly, your page is just truly one of those pages where I feel like even before we connected, I felt like you were a friend. Um, And I love that about your page. It's exactly what you explained, you know, equal parts, the good times and the not so great times and all very relatable. So we super appreciate that about you. And that's why we're excited to have you on today. I do listen to your podcast. We both do, of course. And one of my favorite episodes of yours is about making mom friends. I listened to it very shortly after I was coming out of like the very new mom haze of having a newborn. And it was really helpful. So I'm excited to talk about this today. Carly, what are some of the best ways to make friendships after becoming a mom? Okay. I love this question. I think a huge reason I started the podcast is because I'm so passionate about creating community and finding mom friendships. To give a little bit more background, when I first had Liam, we were in a new city and I didn't have a single friend. So not mom friends, not regular friends, no family, no community whatsoever. For any other mom who's found themselves in that situation, it's very hard to be so isolated, especially as a mother. So the reason that making mom friendships is so important to me is because I started out motherhood so alone and it was so hard to not have people in my local community that I could connect with. And basically by virtue of circumstances, I had no choice but to find friends. <laughs> I think it is a passion point of mine and the basis of why I started the podcast because I thought to myself, if this is something that's so important to me is connecting with other moms, what better way than to create a virtual community where we can start doing that and offer some suggestions for how you can do so in your own local community. And like you said, I I did an episode on that. So maybe I'll just give you some of my top tips of how I go about making mom friends and where to find them. And I'll start with local and then maybe we can have a conversation about virtual community too, if that's something you guys want to chat about. My biggest piece of advice is go places where other moms who have kids of similar ages are going to be. Starting from like early postpartum, I would say some of the first places that you're going to find moms who also have newborns. I think this is specifically good for first time moms because often, you know, in your second and third time, maybe you already have started to create that mom community. But if you're a first time mom with a newborn, that's the first time you're thinking to yourself like, okay, 
I need other moms who are going through this too. I would highly recommend checking out specifically postpartum groups. You might be able to find that like a postpartum support group where it's very much just like a talking circle or people can come and share vulnerably about their postpartum experience. That's something that I did. Baby and Me Yoga, I think, is a great place to go because a lot of times you really go with a fresh newborn for that. Also, music classes for babies. Beyond that, and as your children get older, your babies get older, parks are a great place to find moms, maybe going to um, libraries for reading hour, things like that. So I think that's one of my biggest pieces of advice is go where the other moms will be. I think that's such a great tip. And I know for me, I kind of have an outgoing personality. I like to talk. So being put in a room with a bunch of people, I'm going to leave making friends. But unfortunately, a lot of moms who had babies during the pandemic, even if they do have a personality like that, we're in our home. So we didn't really have that option. Like you mentioned earlier, the virtual villages are, you know, really prominent. And I'm thinking too, like where I live, I live in a very rural area in the middle of nowhere. So while you're saying all these classes, I'm like, oh my God, baby yoga, like that sounds so much fun. And the closest one to me is probably like an hour away. The virtual village really comes in handy. And that's why, you know, coffee and co-sleeping was created because, you know, in the middle of a pandemic and wanting to reach out and build friendships and relationships with people. And of course, I know that's how our friendship started. So I do think that Instagram and Facebook groups, it's where I really turned to in the beginning of my postpartum journey, even just to ask questions. There is a group, the what to expect when you're expecting. I had that app and the woman in that like created a Facebook group and we're still, you know, our babies are not babies anymore. They're almost four. And that group is still super active today with lots of people sharing their stories and asking questions. Yeah, I think that's so wonderful. And you bring up a really good point. A lot of the things I suggested do come from a place of privilege in terms of location and resources and things like that. So it's not always accessible to do things like a music class or baby amino, and especially even financially as well as just location wise. I would say that the virtual community is a great place to start. Kind of like you guys were touching on at the beginning of the episode, you need to find accounts that resonate with you I fell into a little bit of a trap with with our first was I found other mom bloggers at the time, but their lifestyle was very aspirational and they always seemed to have it way more figured out than me. And, you know, I don't know what they had access to behind closed doors, right? I was only really seeing the good face. So, you know, they all had the, what is that one baby monitor or like the cribs that track their sleep and they'd be showing, oh, my baby slept for six hours tonight and they're like looking glowing and dewy and they just got off the Peloton like three weeks after giving birth. And those kind of accounts, at least for me, that was not a helpful virtual community. What I realized was this was like putting me into a comparison trap and not uplifting me, not helping me to feel less isolated or to feel truly connected. So if you're looking for virtual community, my first thing to suggest would be be very discerning about what you're consuming and how it makes you feel. And if it resonates with you. It is very possible like that that type of lifestyle is in line with your own. Like if you are somebody who has a lot of resources and help around or a night nanny or, you know, this, that and the other thing, following accounts like that maybe feels really good and connected and you can connect with those moms because you are living a similar lifestyle. But for me, that became a little discouraging and starting to find podcasts like your own, for example, helped me a lot. And actually, I'm a big TikTok user. So I know we didn't mention Same. that outside, <laughs> but yeah, I found a lot of my community on TikTok in the past year. So that that's more new for me. That wasn't when I was a first time mom that I was using TikTok. But now I find that TikTok is one of my favorite ways to consume mom content because you can find moms that are just like hilarious and uplifting and raw and real. And I try to find maybe a handful of say like five to 10 accounts that are resonating. And from there, you can even like kind of just get active in their comment section or see like, for example, I think you guys with a podcast and you have, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys have a Facebook group, right? We do. Yes. 
Yeah, exactly. So things like that. Try to find your people that way virtually and don't be shy. And this applies to, I. well, I shouldn't say that because I know some people are shy and it can be really like, especially if you have social anxiety and things like that, it can be really hard to put yourself out. But whether it be virtually or in person, one thing that I always tell myself is I want to show up as the person that I would want to become friends with. What I mean by that is you have to be approachable and your energy that you're putting out has to show that like I'm here because I want to connect in a genuine way. It can be a hard thing to do, especially if being vulnerable and open is a pain point for you as it is. But just showing up and like being sincere and asking other moms, hey, how are you? And then actually holding space for them to tell you. Think about it. Like if you met somebody and they were like, hey, how are you doing? How's your motherhood journey going? And then they actually held space for you to share that with them. Like that feels so good to feel held and seen. And it's like you don't even have to be going through the same thing or fully relate, but just to have somebody hold space and listen and be there for you and be like, yeah, I hear you. Like that sounds hard or that sounds amazing. This is what it is, the thick of it when your toddlers want you and you're supposed to be doing something else. But And that's what I mean. Like with you guys, something like this comes up and I don't feel ashamed or like I have to pretend that my life is all together. My toddlers don't come running in when I'm supposed to be doing something else. Like you have to show the raw, vulnerable, real sides of motherhood that you're going through if you want other people to show up that way too. And that's where the true connection lies is in that vulnerability and that's the basis for making a friendship. If it's all surface level, that's not really going to bring you the same level of connection that you would find if you showed up in a really honest and whole way. I love that. I think one of the things that I've really had to quickly learn uh, since becoming a mom is that protecting my time and energy is like one of the most critical things I can do not only for him, but for me. So absolutely, I think kind of weeding out not only accounts, motherhood accounts online and whatnot and what resonates with me, which is definitely important and super helpful just for my mental health. But in person, like you're saying, Carly, being your genuine self, and that doesn't mean showing up as like the glitzy mom that you hope people see you as, because we all know as moms what motherhood can be in the best of times and in the worst of times. You don't want to kind of filter through three sessions or three park dates of small talk. Why? Because we just don't have that kind of time. I mean, even just getting together with another mom, we know how hard that can be. It completely depends on nap schedules, moods, how did the night go? Are they, to, you know, so many things can throw a plan out the window and you can find yourself rescheduling 12 times before you actually see a person again. So for reasons like that, it happens. I think it's so important, like you're saying, to be genuine in those opportunities that you do have to connect with someone. And if that kind of scares someone off or that doesn't resonate with them, I think that's okay. I think it's almost better to know that right away that, okay, we're not meshing. That's all right. You want to do that so that you can find out whether or not there is a connection. And that's where you put your time and energy. I, I find that I'm much more um, protective of those two things now that I'm a mom. I so a agree. A thousand with that. percent. Yeah. And I find too, Adriana and I actually, we became friends. I was only, gosh, like eight weeks pregnant. You know, we didn't have children yet. It was like one of our first conversations. We started talking about like my childhood and like the way I was raised. And, you know, Adriana, you were talking a bit about your childhood. And I remember thinking like I said to Mike, you know, after you had left, I was like, wow, not only do I feel like she held space and listened for me, but I don't do surface relationships. I want to know like what ticks you off, your inner thoughts. I want to know your deal breakers. I want to know all of the nitty gritty because 
that's real to me. And I felt like after our first conversation, we built that. I was like, oh, she didn't ask me like, oh, what do you do for work or what? Like, I mean, we did have those conversations, but we really dove into like my childhood trauma, which I appreciate and I respect because then I felt like I could, you know, come to you about anything. And I agree. I think that really protecting our time, our energy is so important because let's be honest, as moms, we don't have a lot of that. And something I've learned over the last couple of years is just because you may have had a friendship with somebody or because you guys have, you know, children around the same ages and may have similar interests and things that, you know, are aligned, that doesn't mean that you guys have to be immediate friends, best friends, or even any type of friends. You know, over the last two years, I've unfortunately, by my own doing, ended a lot of friendships because they just weren't my people. Whether they didn't respect my boundaries, my time, or we just didn't align. And I'm learning like, that's okay. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with me or with them. We just didn't mesh well. Yeah, I think that's such a good thing to bring up too is like there are and can be growing pains, especially in motherhood friendships for the reasons Adriana just mentioned in in the sense of like just practically speaking, it's very, very hard to connect in person with other mom friends because of nap schedules, because of moving parts, doctor's appointments, spouses, careers. And, you know, there's a million different pieces and moving parts that go into literally just meeting at the park for an hour. Like It can be so much harder than you ever imagine. And to the point that you're making, Amanda, something that I've found myself having to really discern and reflect on is, am I keeping and nurturing this friendship by sheer convenience and happenstance? Like our schedules jive with our kids and they're the same age and they nap at the same time. So I actually can physically see them. Whereas, you know, maybe some of the friendships that I find more fruitful and more authentic and more aligned, I have the hardest time just like actually physically spending time with them. So then you end up, you know, maybe investing more energy in what's convenient. It's hard to navigate all of these issues, right? And really actually be aware, be conscious of it because I found myself doing that. Like I'm spending time with people because of convenience and not because I leave feeling better. And that's another thing that you could kind of can ask yourself with these friendships. Like, do you leave feeling drained or do you leave feeling energized? Do you leave feeling like your cup is a little more full and you feel a little bit more seen, held, empowered? Or do you leave feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm like drained right now or kind of mulling over something that happened that you didn't quite like rub you the right way? It's hard in mom friendships. And that is something that goes into it too, is not just making the friendships, but maintaining them or ending them. And I think that was a really good thing to bring up because when you do become a mom, if you have friendships with people, say you've known your whole life, friends with them in college, and then you move into this motherhood season of life, but maybe your friends aren't in that season of life yet, that can shift and change your existing friendships, which is another really good point. And we didn't touch on that yet, but for sure, I mean, for us, we had moved to a new city. So I was really kind of starting fresh in terms of local friendships. So that wasn't like a pain point for me in terms of like local friendships. I didn't find they fell off because I became a mom before most of my friends did. But it does change the dynamics. I have had FOMO as a mom because I couldn't make it to bachelorette trips. I couldn't make it to the bridal shower because it's not convenient to drive six hours with two kids and then have a babysitter, this, that, and the other thing. And that shifts your existing friendships in a way that also makes you reflect on, are we being intentional about continuing and maintaining our friendship even virtually through like Zoom calls or FaceTimes? Or am I just kind of letting it fizzle out because right now it's not really serving either of us and it's not making sense? A little off topic, but I have never been more overjoyed to have a valid excuse to not go to bridal showers or bachelorette parties. <laughs> Sorry to my friends that might be listening. I love y'all, but I hope you had fun and I had fun not going. <laughs> All my friends are old and married. I feel like 
unless they all start going on to number two and three, I think my days of weddings and bachelor at parties are over. I mean, but you can always make new friends. That's a great point. So I wanted to ask you guys, how different do you think? Do you guys have friends that aren't moms or are all of your like close friendships in your inner circle? Are they all moms as well? So one thing that I also wanted to bring up to Carly's point and to touch on what you're saying, Amanda, is I've had a lot of practice in maintaining friendships because A, family and friends are in another country. I'm living in America. Half of the people I know are in Bosnia. So I've I've had quite a bit of practice. But also, Mm. even just through our careers, a lot of my closest friends in the last 10 years, I hate to say that because I can't believe how old I am, but have moved around the country. So I've had to maintain friendships long distance. And uh, those people are still my closest friends. And I think tying into what we've been saying this whole episode, it's really about quality over quantity. Um, Some of the conversations I have with those close friends are enough to fill my cup for like a few weeks. You know, it's not about touching base several times a week, even if it's a phone call once a month when the kids are asleep and it's like a good hour and a half of just like, you know, a heart to heart with someone I trust more than anything that fills my cup. And I I think that's another thing about motherhood, right? Is like, we kind of have to stretch our resources a bit more. I think if you only get to that one play date a month, but it means that much to you, you have to make sure you're doing it with the right person. And then the same goes for virtual friendships. And then Amanda, to your question, I do have a couple of friends who are not moms. I want to say one thing about the non-mom friends is like, be understanding because I for sure have looked back on times that I was friends with people who had kids and I was nowhere near that. I you know, wasn't even in a serious relationship. And I definitely like cringe at some of the things I did or didn't do because you just don't really get it until you have kids. You just don't, even if you think you do, you know, like no one sits you down and talks to you about the hardships of parenthood until you are a parent, because then you feel like you can hold space for that. So for the people in your life that might not be moms yet, try not to be so tough on what it is they may or may not be bringing to the table because it's not something they're necessarily going to know to do unless you make it clear. I think that's a really good point. And I think it's interesting. I had our first when I was 25, which is, I don't know, for some parts of the country, not very young, but in New York, that's pretty young. And I was the first of any of my close friends and most of them still haven't had kids. One of my best friends has now, and that's been beautiful. What I'll say about that is whether or not my friends have kids, all of my closest ones, it's so sweet to know how much they love my kids, if that makes sense. And I just like find it so endearing and I know they care and they always check in and they always make it a point to, I don't know, just send a message and say like, oh, your Instagram story of Liam was so cute today. How are you guys doing? But they aren't my people that I vent to about, um, you know, Jude being up from two to four in the morning last night because they just don't get it. For me, they aren't my people anymore for that type of a thing. And that's okay. When we connect, we connect about different things. And it is a little bit hard because as a mom, especially for me as a stay-at-home mom, my life really, really largely (laughs) revolves around the kids. And I'm still working on, you know, finding my role outside of that and having talking points that don't involve them anymore. But I value that time with them because I do get to kind of escape it. When I am connecting with them, I kind of have a chance to talk about the other things. Whereas when I'm connecting with my mom friends, we have a harder time separating and not always talking about the kids and talking about our own interests. So I find that there's a good balance between both, but definitely for sure, like you were saying, Adriana, like there's just some things that when you don't have kids, you just can't understand it yet. And I just don't even bother opening the door, which does make it hard because a lot of the difficult moments that you're going through in motherhood, your normal people or the people who used to be your people maybe can't understand anymore. 
But I mean, I'm so lucky. I have two older sisters. I'm obsessed with them. They're the best people in the world. And they've always been my best friends. And we all had kids around the same time. So in general, I think that it's been okay to have that balance between friends who don't have kids and friends who do. So I'm the same way. I have, I probably had like four or five really, really close, I was going to say girlfriends, but one is a male. So friends and half have children, half don't. And I've found that the couple that don't have children, our relationship has actually gotten a lot stronger after having my daughter because the way that they've made her a priority in their life and just the things like my closest friend, Devin, she's, you know, made it So her home is inviting and welcome for Kennedy. Like she has, you know, cups for her to drink water and toys. It's never like, oh, Kennedy's coming too. Like it's always an assumed. If we're going somewhere, she knows I'm picking her up because of the car seat. Like it's never, oh, is she coming? Is it just you? I don't feel like I have to separate the two as much because she's made it easy to be like, no, like I'm going to meet you where you're at. Whereas I had a close girlfriend um, from college that after we graduated, you know, we got full-time jobs, things got busy. But after I had my daughter, she would invite me to like, like, oh, come over at seven. Like, you know, people would be going over and like drinking and hanging out. And I'm like, that's not my life anymore. And realistically, it never was either. Those just aren't my interests. So we just kind of realized once we no longer had the tie of our studies in school, we didn't really have a whole lot in common. I still love the girl. Like she's, I think she's an incredible human. We're just not close friends. And that's, I feel like something that, you know, you have to navigate. I have friends who of course are moms and a lot with kids very close in age, some that are older, some that are younger. And it's nice because I have the friends that I can go and reach out for advice. And then I have the friends that come to me for advice. And it's just kind of like a nice full circle moment for me. And a lot of my friends, we have very shared interests. Our parenting styles are the same. Our hobbies are the same. But I also have friends that I don't have a whole lot in common with, but I also like enjoy their company. And I think that's okay too. We don't have to agree on everything. We don't have to see eye to eye on everything, but you know, you can still have a good foundation and friendship. I love that. I think that's one of the biggest things also with making new friends is you don't have to see eye to eye on everything or every issue. And like still, you can still love them and you can still see the beauty in them and their heart, that they have a good heart. In such a polarizing world, it can be kind of tough this day and age. But one thing that I always try to remind myself is people are doing the best they can with what they know. You can tell if somebody has a good heart and if it's somebody that you connect with, you know, say that there's one big ticket issue and you just don't agree on it. It's okay to disagree. I know that that's kind of a simple thing, but sometimes it feels like the world makes you think you can't love and respect someone and have differing opinions anymore. And that will really put you in a box in terms of trying to find friendships. So That's another good thing to point out is just like everyone is different. You're not always going to be exactly in the same phase of life. You're not going to have exactly the same views on everything. You can still really find your humans despite that. And that's something that I really love. And that's something that's really important to me is I always go into each mom that I meet. So for example, like I always am meeting moms at the park. I've like met two moms at the park. I got my number last week. Every time that I meet someone, I always go into it with an open mind. And I think that that is so huge to making friendships in motherhood, especially new friends, if that's what you're seeking. Because I think a lot of times in motherhood, we do hit a point where we are ready to welcome new moms or new friendships into our life. If you can go into a friendship without having a certain set of boxes or expectations on somebody else, but really just trying to meet them where they're at and see if they do the same with you. My like biggest piece of advice is, like I said at the beginning, like hold space for another mom to like just be real with you and tell you how they're doing. And then you have to do the same for them. I think that this is a big missing piece. And I had a friendship that 
I'm like recently going through some growing pains with. And the thing that I realized, like the disconnect that is happening is I feel like I'm an open book with her and I really want to keep her in the loop. And if something exciting is going on, like I'm the type of person, like I want to share it. I want us to celebrate it in it together. And she is a more closed off person. And when something exciting or big or important happens, she doesn't share that with me. And I'm realizing that maybe this friendship just isn't meshing the way that I thought it would because I'm finding that I'm feeling like a little bit burned by the fact that it's like, oh, that's such an important, like huge thing in your life. It makes me sad that you wouldn't want to share that with me. Like that seems like pretty important that I'm just finding out about it weeks later or whatever. And it makes me sad. And what I'm realizing is like maybe our friendship styles aren't really resonating. Like I shouldn't leave our friendship feeling insecure or like feeling a little weird. I don't know. Like, did I do something? Like, why shouldn't she mention that to me? Like I'm at a point in my life where we're talking about preserving energy where it's like, you know what? I don't need to deal with that stuff. Like I can find people people who get me and I get them. And if it's not serving you, you can kind of keep it moving. And it doesn't mean that you like have to burn bridges or completely cut someone out, but setting those internal boundaries even and kind of recognizing where you're at with people, it all ebbs and flows. And you have to just go through the process. Like there's no way to meet someone and immediately find out, hey, we're going to be best friends or hey, this is an immediate no. I mean, sometimes you have an immediate no, but you just have to be open to the process and be open to the fact that like sometimes maybe you are going to get burned. Like maybe not every friendship is going to wind up the way you thought it would be, but the alternative is not putting yourself out there at all, never being vulnerable, never being raw and real, and then never having the opportunity for that genuine friendship that you're seeking. That's a much scarier prospect than the thought of putting myself out there and maybe it not working out. I'm over here silently clapping my hands because I'm like, yes, yes, all of that. And I think to the opposite side, like the flip coin of that is not only about those really exciting and, oh my God, I just got this new job moments, all about like the really shitty moments too, like the last seven, eight months, I've had some like shitty things go on. You know, I've had a lot of really, really highs and a lot of really, really lows. And, you know, I had a friendship that I would share some of the really, really lows. You know, my husband um, was in a motorcycle accident back in November. People knew what was going on. And I had, you know, maybe my five closest friends again that were checking in. What's the status? How is he doing? How's this going on? And I feel like the difficult moments really show you the people that are there no matter what, that are willing to ride for you. And And after that experience in November, I really tightened in on my, you know, my friends, my circle and was like, hey, like the people that were there for me at the time that I needed the most are the ones that are going to be able to share those really exciting moments with me. Because it's kind of like, if you can't have me at my worst, then you really don't deserve me at my best. And I know we're getting ready to wrap up here. Most of our listeners should know that you have your own podcast because we were on it. So I hope that they all checked it out and listened to it. And I know we're going to link it in the bio of this episode, but where can our listeners find more about you, Carly? Okay. So definitely... You can find more about the podcast, especially over on Instagram. I share like mostly things surrounding the episode. So on Mondays, we'll do mom poll Mondays discussing our topic of the week. And we do some like tell all Tuesdays and fun stuff, kind of like your secret Saturdays, actually. So if you guys like that type of a thing, you can get a little bit more. And then I actually am more active on TikTok at this point. And I post like a lot of motherhood humor content there. I do some vulnerable posts too, but I um, more share like a little bit more of the goofy, lighthearted side of motherhood there. But yeah, my podcast is called Carl Her Mommy Motherhood As We Know It. You can check it out wherever you can find your podcast. I recently launched my website, 
where I have one blog post so far, but there will be some more up there and can kind of find a little bit of everything on there too. So first of all, thank you guys so much for having me. Second of all, everyone who's listening, like I want you to know, like you're welcome as a part of the community we have over there too. And if you're in need of a mom friend, I am so sincere about that. Like you can message me anytime. And that's why I created this because I sincerely love making mom friends just like with you guys. Like it's so cool to have you as a guest. And now like we connect all the time. I see what's going on in your posts and just to have other people in your court. Like I love supporting you guys and seeing what's going on. And it's special to create these virtual friendships. And that is the intention that all of us are putting out there. And I hope that that translates to everyone because that's really what's at the heart of this is that we're all moms. We're all going through it. And however we can show up for each other is it's amazing. Thank you so much, Carly, for joining us. This conversation has been really nice. You know, I think we covered a lot of the most important parts of what it means to make mom friends, maintain mom friends. And I hope that listeners get the feel that we've become friends. I mean, I think it sounds like we've been friends for a long time. And in reality, it's been a couple of months and this has all been virtual. Everything I know about Carly, everything she knows about me, we're hashing it out in our DMs. So <laughs> it's possible. It's possible to make those connections and for them to be really genuine and fruitful online. Put yourself out there if you can. Don't be afraid to take that shot. Shoot your shot with friends, moms, okay? Because a lot of the times it does pan out and we are a testament to that. And then before we go, Carly, we ask all of our guests, what is your go-to coffee order? Okay, so this is a, such a spoiled answer, but my husband is the best and he like small batch roasts our own coffee. He is down to a meticulous science of making pour overs. So his coffee is so good that I hardly order coffee out anymore, but he will do a pour over for me and I like a good dark roast and a Guatemalan is my favorite. So that's kind of my favorite coffee and a little splash of whole milk. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next week. Mm-hmm.